The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani coming to you with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And welcome, America. We have, um, we have quite a bit of very, very disturbing things to cover and hopefully uh, some answers to how you handle these terribly disturbing things. I see it as our role, and by our, I don't just mean me. I mean a number of, number of us, like the gentleman who precedes me and the gentleman who comes after me and after, uh, to tell you the truth. You don't get it. I'm sorry. You do not get the truth. You have gone through, that is the American people uh, in, the, in the Northeast and all throughout the country, you're listening to us everywhere. Uh, you can listen to us everywhere on wabcradio.com, by the way. Uh, even in Jerusalem and California and all over the world. What is written in the mainstream uh, print media is either entirely untrue or shaded with a massive bias as bad as Pravda during the uh, Soviet days. It has gotten to the point of you could get sick to your stomach reading it every day. Uh, it's really, really sad because a democracy counts on a free press. We do not have one. We have a press owned and operated as a state organism, uh, and we have a Silicon Valley and uh, social media operated in the same way. So here goes. Let's spend an hour talking about real things that really happened and get your comments, get your comments on it. So I guess the civil case filed yesterday, you know, has dominated uh, the news. Uh, because they don't paint it accurately. Uh, first of all, the real story is that the Attorney General of the State of New York should be removed as a lawyer. She is not a lawyer, she's a hitman. She is a dishonorable, dishonest, unethical, uh, I think we used to call them shysters, but shysters, you know, did it for money. She's doing it for you know, ambulance chases, that sort of thing. She's doing it for uh, political ambition raw political ambition. I don't want to accuse her of being the one who attacked Mayor Bloomberg at de Blasio's first inauguration, if I'm wrong. And I should have thought of it earlier. I'm going to check during the break to see if I'm right. But we'll, that, that'll be something that would be extraordinarily revealing. But in any event, she ran for attorney general in a way in which the Bar Association, if we had one that wasn't a creature of the crooked uh, Democratic Party, both, both financially crooked and ideologically crooked, would have suspended her during her, her campaign when she decided to single out one target, one victim, without even specifying an alleged charge. It was, I'm going to get Trump. I'm going to make him scared. Those are her words. He's not going to sleep at night. I'm going to get his family. They don't even bother to ask, like, well, Latusha, what, like what? Well, I'll find it. A, a prosecutor is not a, uh, is not a uh, uh, you know, <laughs> a long-term, uh, going long-term fishing for, you know, f five days in the ocean to try to catch something. Uh, you know where the bad fish are, and you go right at them. There are just too many bad fish to go around looking for people to make cases on. And you happen to be an example 
that is making crime worse in this city, Letitia, because you have a position in which you could do something about bail. You don't. People die as a result of that. You have a position in which you could do something about the increased crime going on in this city and state. And you don't do a damn thing about that. You waste millions on this. You run like a prostitute, which is what the way you ran. A prostitute runs saying, I'm going to get this guy that's unpopular. I'm going to get the guy that's unpopular. I'm going to get the guy that's unpopular. I'm going to get the guy that gets me Democratic votes. I'm going to get the guy. What are you going to get him for, Letitia? Whatever you can frame him with, like the rest of your party. How many times do you get to frame him and get away with it with these corrupt press? You framed him on Russian collusion. You framed him on the conversation with the Ukrainian uh, president. You framed him on the hard drive. You withheld it for 16 months. You called me a liar, a Russian agent. Turns out I was telling the 100% absolute truth about the 50 crimes that Biden committed. You haven't apologized. You continue to torture me. You continue to try to take away my law license and my friends. Even though you've been proven wrong now three, four times, and I've been proven right, and Trump's been proven right. Now let's take a look at your case. Your case is at best an arbitration. You're fighting over values. I went through it. I listened to Greg before, who did a magnificent job of going out on his own and getting alternative values for those places. I know most of those places. I'd like to give Greg a little advice, by the way, if you were listening on cigars. I am a cigar smoker. I used to smoke more. I don't smoke as many now. Maybe one or two a week. When Grand Havana Room was good, I, I guess bad for me because I used to go there. I sort of conducted this show there, and when it closed, that's how I asked John if I could go on radio. I would have been psychologically destroyed if I didn't have some place where I could go and explain what's going on in the world. Well, Grand Havana Room was wonderful, and that... <laughs> That building and that room is worth anything. I don't know about values. But here, here, uh, here's, a, here's a suggestion to my good friend Greg Kelly, who I think is, I listen to him, okay, and learn from him. And he's a lot younger than me. He's got passion. He's got intelligence. And like his dad, you know what else he has. And his dad was terrific, too. One of the best, if not the best. So, uh... When, why do cigars go out, Greg, when you smoke them? First of all, there are two, one or two reasons, or three reasons. One, you buy cheap cigars. Don't have a cigar if you have a cheap cigar. If you're going to have three cigars, have, uh, add up the price of the three, and get one that costs, I don't know, if they cost $5 each, get a $15 cigar, have one. Make sure it's packed well. It'll smoke better if it's packed well. Second, give it an even uh, light. Make sure it isn't just lit on the top half of the cigar, but on the bottom half. Because then it's going to burn unevenly and it goes out. And it starts to fall apart, too, if it's a little bit cheap. Okay? Third, if you don't want it to go out, smoke it. You don't have to puff on it constantly, but smoke it regularly. Like in a relaxed, you're supposed to smoke a cigar in a relaxed way. I see people puffing on a cigar like, cigarettes are for nervous people. Cigars are for people who like to relax. You're smoking nice and calm, you see, like on, at this level, the way I'm talking now. Not this way, not like that, this way. Nice and calm, nice and calm, nice and calm. Okay. Uh, your, your part on the, on, on the values, boy, you should be a real estate agent. Right on, I call you as a witness. I've done a few of those cases, valued arbitrations. This is a value arbitration case, half lawyer, half wit, unethical lawyer, unethical prosecutor. 
Now, think about this. Attorney generals are supposed to help the people. The poor people. The people who are getting killed in this state. <laughs> Literally, figuratively, crime, enormous taxes, cheating schemes of one kind and another. You've got a bunch of politician colleagues of yours who are crooks, big crooks. You don't open an investigation of Hochul? What about the most recent one? How many times does this woman have to prove to you she's as bad as the ones who had to resign? The last two Democrat governors. She's part of your crooked party. James, your party is crooked, dishonest. They take money from people. Can I make it any clearer? And they used to be a bunch of crooks when I was the mayor. How the hell do you think they walked out of office with millions of bucks like Wrangell? And go ahead. And Jenkins made at least a million bucks selling his vote on the Board of Estimate. People like that don't serve the people. They screw the people. Because all they're interested in is themselves. When you become crooked like Biden, when you become an international crook, a 30-year crook, you've got nothing left. You're just a complete blob of narcissism. That's why I think when he turns around, you see the one yesterday? My God, he didn't know the way home to the nursing home. Take a look at it. Just take a look at it. But here's the worst thing you did. Oh, no, it isn't. One of the worst things you did. I got the quote right here. This is a civil case, Hochul. You've been dying to get him for a crime. I don't know. When you don't get him for a crime, uh, you can't be a sneaky little sniveling sneak and make it appear as you, you did. People asked me last night, will he get convicted? Will he get convicted? Will he get convicted? I said, hey, 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 he can't get convicted. This is a civil case. You get sued, you, you got to pay money if you lose. Maybe you get paid money if you win. Or they can have it into what's called an equitable relief, an injunction. An injunction says that stuff about you can't do this, you can't do that, you have to do this, you have to do that. Well, yeah, but, 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 but uh, she said criminal case. I said, she, I know she did. I got the damn quote. Right, and the minute that happened, the network should have put her off and had a big thing flashing on. Liar, 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 unethical lawyer, creep, lying politician. All this trick in the book for a sleazy politician. She doesn't have the guts to charge him with a crime because she can't prove it. She charges him with a civil violation. I'm going to tell you about the attorney general's office. They brought all kinds of cases intimidated people under Spitzer into pleading guilty. They went to trial one time, and Ken Langone kicked the living daylights out of them. You think they found things that the great lawyers working for those banks didn't find? Every one of those loans was with, was, with, was with a bank worth a lot more than Trump, with a bank that had resources to check out value better than Trump, and a, and a lot better than uh, the crooked uh, attorney general. And her half-talented staff. This case is an abomination. This case is yet another indication of how crooked this state has become. As is today's newspaper, in which, after her 360 million to widgety-bidgety gadgets, in which she paid three times more for masks in California, because California went right to the source, she went to the middleman. Why did she go to the middleman when she could have gone to the source? Because the middleman gave her $362,000 for a campaign. We call that 
James, let me give you a little legal education. We call that bribery, quid pro quo, which you can make out from circumstantial evidence and some direct evidence. Would you like me to show you how to do it, numbskull? Would you like me to show you how to put together a RICO case of the President of the United States and put him to jail for the 20 years he deserves and take all his damn money from him, which the RICO case allows you to do, to take back the blood money you got from China? What kind of an American sits here and watches our president making decisions about China knowing he got $31 million and doesn't say we got to find out about that? What kind? A cowardly one or a dishonest one or a communist one? I'm tired of the corruption every day, this garbage, and nobody does a damn thing about it. This time, this time, it's called medical answering services. Okay? Medical answering services is under investigation of all kinds of investigations for cheating, which is probably true of just about everybody the Democrats select. Because, you know, when you pay a bribe, you want to make more, so you cheat. So why do they have the contract? Why aren't they suspended? Why, 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 aren't, why aren't they suspended? These are Medicaid payments. These are Medicaid payments that are made for uh, record keeping and calls and transportation services and things like that from 2018 to 2019. They don't have any records for at least $84.3 million of state payments. We'll be right back, and let's, let's figure out exactly how much time Hochul deserves in jail, not, not, not uh, in Albany. We'll be right back. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rudy Giuliani Show, back uh, with you. We're going to get to your questions in a minute, but these are things that Hochul, I'm not going to review all of them. It'll take time. I'm just going to do it by name. You know about the stadium. You know about the stadium and her husband, which they don't even talk about in the crooked media. Her husband is an executive and owner of the concession company. The concession company stands to make millions and millions and millions of dollars with a new stadium. They always do, which is why she ended up having to put out about $4 billion to buy the votes to get the stadium in Buffalo, which is out of town rather than in the city, which is where it was originally supposed to be. And by the way, at a contract that is valued at about a third more than it should be in order to, in order to pay off the unions that are supporting her. So that's the kind of slime ball we have in Washington. You know about digital, whatever it is, digital creations where she paid them somewhere between 270 and $300 million more than she had to. And she made out on that because they gave her well over $337 million in campaign contributions. And this all happened within a two to three month period of each other. Impossible, impossible that they're not connected to each other. You put the two of them together, baby, you got a case, you got a case. Ah, but now we got another case. We got another case. We got this other company, which is in deep trouble, over $85 million. And instead of uh, suspending them, we're keeping them medical answering services. But uh, they gave a combination of Cuomo and Hochul at least as much as medical gadgets in that period of time. Looks like around 400000 And uh, since uh, the Cuomo-Hochul administration, they've gotten uh, about a half a bill in state uh, contracts. This one on the line is about $260 million. Okay? Notice how the numbers come out pretty damn close. Oh, there's more, by the way. Let me tell you, I tried about five of these cases, sometimes without direct evidence. 
I tried to explain to one of the people at the Bar Association that's trying to persecute me about circumstantial evidence and inferences from evidence and lawyers get to argue it. Circumstantial evidence is sometimes more powerful. Hochul, Hochul's getting buried. We got three already. I, mean, I think there's another one on its way, which we'll talk about maybe on Sunday, if I get it all, or on, or on Monday. Just one statement, and six months from now, my people had to apologize over the hard drive and Russian collusion and say, you apologize. This. Hochul is a crook. Crook. So are many Democrats in Albany and in Washington. It is not just the Biden family. If it was just a Biden family, they wouldn't cover up and commit crimes and frame people and engage in propaganda and use their crooked media to protect them. Pelosi, if she's still able to think, is scared as hell. Scared as hell. Because they see what's happened in Biden and they say, there but for the grace of our being able to fix things, go I. Uh, let's go to my good friend, the man who really helps us so much, Jimmy in Brooklyn. Mr. Mayor, you know, we've been exposing the communist movement. Uh, more recently, other people are joining in 30 years late. Thank God. But thank in. God. Thank God, Jim. We've got to do it sometime. Better late than never. But all of a sudden now, all of a sudden, the Biden administration is talking about the new migrants coming in <laughs> from uh, Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. Now, this may be true partially, it may not be true, but because of that, we can't start deporting these people. But here's the interesting thing. The communist movement monitors your show. They monitor what I do, you and others are doing, about warning about the communism. So now Biden could look like he's not a communist, Biden, because he's denouncing communism. He says these people are fleeing failed communist systems. Every time we make a move, it's like a chess game. Every time I expose something or somebody else exposes something, the enemy has a response. Well, this but, is brilliant, but it should be a very exposing situation. Jimmy, here. it's not brilliant. It's the product of corruption. They're dishonest like you are. So you make a move, and then they put an extra chess piece on the board. In other words, they, have, they, they, they cheat. It's like you get a basket, right, and they answer it with a basket, but they actually didn't score the point. Like, it's not true that he's condemning. He's had years to condemn Castro. He never has. Uh, he, uh, Venezuela, I mean, he stopped all the pressure on Venezuela. When he, he, he's buying oil from Venezuela. It's, so, I mean, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to beat us when we tell the truth, and then you can answer anything if you lie, and then you've got to suck up media that, that agrees with you. So you're doing a great job, Jim, and it, it's starting to crack. I don't think a lot of people buy this um, communist thing that he's doing. I don't think they buy it. I, I mean, first of all, with the fentanyl deaths and the crime problem and uh, the, the, the incredible crushing of services, <laughs> I'm not sure they give a damn. Maybe they should. But I, just, I mean, I just think he's let this country... You look at the sanctuary cities... And you start putting this all together, the cities they made communist, Jim, the damn, things are fall the damn things look like East Berlin compared to West Berlin. They're falling apart. I mean, I, uh, we're on in, in St. Louis. And hello to everyone in St. Louis. I want you to know in St. Louis suburbs, but you should know that um, you've now been passed by New Orleans as the most murders per capita in the United States. 
You can't believe how many more murders per capita you have than New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia. And we got a lot of them. So we'll be back. We got plenty more to come up, boy, and stuff to get ready for for the weekend. And the final thoughts. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you with our uh, with our show, and uh, there was a while that I started thinking today was Friday, but today all day is Thursday, so we're going to have another nice show tomorrow. Who knows what crimes we will reveal about the Bidens, uh, uh, crooked Hochul, man, oh man, oh man, these Democrats, they, they give you plenty to cover, I tell you, my mornings. When I have to do other things, sometimes I'm filled looking at this stuff, and then I get into it. I start reading it. I read background books on it. But let me read you a quote from our crooked attorney general. Now, remember, I want you to remember, and I know this may or may not be that significant to you, but believe me, it's very significant to lawyers and clients. This is a civil case, not a criminal case. There's no way she confuses the two. She may be, I don't know, first of all, I don't think she's stupid. She graduated from an excellent high school, the same one I did. And uh, I have talked to her, and I'm going to tell you, as other people have said, she's a very pleasant woman, except for, I think, what she did at, 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 um, at Mike's uh, inauguration, which shocked me because my impression of her was she was quite a lady. But this is absolutely outrageous. There's no, even a dumb lawyer wouldn't make this decision. I am not alleging she's a dumb lawyer. by any. I'm, I'm alleging she's dishonest. And this is how you're dishonest. She said, this is a quote from her. I don't have the, the, uh, uh, the clip. We'll try to get it. But this is a quote from her. I want to get it just right. Civil case. She can't make a criminal case. Doesn't have the evidence. Well, white-collar financial crime is not a victimless crime. Every day, people cannot lie to a bank. Other times, she slipped and talked of it as crimes. Therefore, the people of this state are walking around thinking he was indicted for a crime. Uh-uh. He was sued. You know how many times I was sued as mayor? Almost 100,000. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh-uh. You know how many succeeded? Uh, personally, against me? None. None. So far, none of the suits brought against me have succeeded. I've been thrown out of three or four of them. Just <laughs> almost without making a motion, the one on January 6th, the judge came to the conclusion that uh, there's absolutely no evidence to keep me in the case or, or Donald Jr., that, that nothing I said could uh, have anything to do with the, with, the, uh, with the disturbance that broke out, which makes the basis for um, suspending me totally specious. But in any event, that, that's about me, and I've got to fight that out in another, in another place. Although, excuse me if I'm not a little annoyed about it. But, I mean, think about that. This is deliberate. She's deliberately doing this. She's too smart not to be, not deliberately. She couldn't deliver the criminal case that uh, running as a headhunter and a, a scalp, a scalp pursuer, I'll get Trump, I'll get Trump, I'll get Trump. She didn't get Trump. She got a bunch of values. 
Now, what could be wrong with these? The banks didn't complain. She's not helping little old ladies. She's helping Jamie Dimon. Great. Jamie Dimon doesn't need her help. Jamie Dimon has lawyers that are 10 times better than hers. Jamie Dimon has uh, accountants that are 10 times better than hers. You think they're mismatched with the IRS? Like hell they are. And why would they? I mean, they're gigantic world institutions. They're not bad people. They have obligations. They have what they call fiduciary obligations. They got to protect. Uh, they don't care if it's Donald Trump or the Pope. They're not going to do a bad loan. Ray, would all of them? Would all of them be wrong? And only she is right. None of these banks sued him for any irregularity. They checked every damn thing he put down. Are they all wrong? They're all owned by Donald Trump. A lot of them didn't even endorse him. They criticize him all the time. A lot of them turned him down at times for loans. We don't know how many loans were accepted. We don't know how many loans were turned down. We don't know how many loans were withdrawn. What we do know is they never sued him for misleading them. Oh, and by the way, would you like me to go tell you how many suits there are from banks against multi-millionaires and billionaires? Just because you're a multi, a big customer, they have regulators they have to respond to. Please, I'm sorry I have to explain the American system to you because they lie to you so much. Nobody tells you this. Can you imagine these dummy, ridiculous, lying reporters saying, there are all these 330 transactions with all these banks and she defrauded the bank. We've got to be the stupidest banks in the world. Ten years of being defrauded by Trump over and over and over and over and over again. Did she list any money they lost? I don't know. I didn't read all 222 pages. I fell asleep at about 136. But uh, my friend Greg did, <laughs> did a great job with the alternative values. And he's right about some of those. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do about this. I know what we got to do. And I see some very good news. Can I share it with you? My good friend, Senator Ron Johnson, has pulled ahead in Wisconsin. If there isn't a hero in this thing, it's Ron Johnson. And someday, 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 when I can tell everything, which there will be a day, you're going to find out who the heroes in Congress are and who the ones that could use a, um, an organ transplant. Mm. But I think they do that nowadays. Uh, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, you always hang on. Larry. What? I'm here. There you are. are you? I know you're there. I know you never go away. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm here. I know. Go ahead. I want to hear from you. You're very important. You're, you give good observations. Yeah. So I, what I want to know is uh, where are the damages, first of all? Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if, if the, if the, where does she get treble damages from? She's making it up. And first of all, and also second of all, um, the Constitution protects, uh, you know, property as well as life and liberty. So the due process clause uh, is applicable. It, it, it's, uh, it, uh, and also the equal protection clause, I believe, because she singled him out from the beginning she ran for attorney general. And um, not only that, but the Democratic Party, which she is a member of, singled him out for prosecution. And you could bring in, in his defense, you, to this case, you could bring in the fact uh, of the Mueller witch hunt 
and the Ukrainian witch hunt. Oh, she absolutely. Can I, can, I, can I tell you they did the same thing Mueller used to do? I, I, only I and Jay Sekulow would know this. Every time they did, like, an announcement of one of their phony cases, like Papadopoulos and Carter Page and Cohen, they did it on a day that he was going to have international meetings. One day they did it as he was leaving, like, for, for a G8 meeting. So he's leaving at 2 at 10 o'clock. Uh, Mueller never showed up because Mueller, you know, Mueller belongs in the same nursing home as, as Biden. But one of his flunky Democratic crooks would show up. And they would announce, uh, we are indicting, da, 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 da. And then the press would say, uh, we never get leaks from them. Then they described the whole case <laughs> that was leaked to them by somebody. We didn't have it. It couldn't have been us. And then, then he'd leave for um, someplace and, you know, do the Abraham Accords. But they'd have the charge of corruption out there with it. So she had the U.N. in town. She had Biden to impress. Maybe she wants to be the next attorney general. So that was also a pull. And she has the election coming up that nobody mentioned. I mean, everybody talked about like the hard drive shouldn't come out when it did because it was two months before the election. This is less than two months before the election. And it's a heck of a lot, uh, a heck of a lot less important than, than or affecting on the election or important to the electorate than the hard drive. No, you're right. No damages means here's, here's I, I, you know, unless you get a crooked judge, which they should move for change of venue rather than like in a crooked democratic state like this uh you have to believe i, I don't know how with the 12 loans however many loans there were not a single um lawsuit by any bank i've got to tell you the loans are within the margin of error they certainly don't get to the point of criminal which is why you should charge criminal and i don't see where the state uses its resources to try to help banks that spend billions of dollars on lawyers do better lawyering than they do. Uh, you want to take a look at sometime? You want to interview the lawyers at the AG's office and that work for uh, uh, Chase and Citibank and see who, who you'd rather take? Come on. Come on. We're, how stupid? How stupid do they think we are? Let's listen. Now, you know, Bill Barr, who uh, sometime I'll tell you my whole relationship. I was never very close to him, but I had enormous respect for him both when he was AG and then when he came back and I thought he had a pair of... And what he did on the election, and it isn't, it isn't that he comes to the conclusion that the result can't be changed or whatever. He's not into it enough to be able to make that conclusion. When he says there's no evidence of fraud, he's lying. And not only is there evidence fraud, it's sitting in his office. It's sitting right in his office, the evidence of fraud, given to him by credible people from at least eight or nine different states. Uh, he would have to at least say, there is evidence of fraud that I don't accept, after having read it, if he did. But in any event, let's listen to him on, on Letitia James. I think there's enough left in terms of, uh, of Bill's uh, credibility that uh, this kind of turned his stomach. Uh, number five would be the cut. She brought this as a civil case. This is not a criminal case. And I, to me, that says that she doesn't have the evidence to make a criminal case. So she's setting a lower bar and bringing this civil case. I don't think it's going to go any further. That's about as um, sensible a judgment by a, by a person who you would have to say now, uh, certainly he's shown that he can disagree with Trump bitterly and viciously and in some cases uh, 
accused Trump of lying and Trump accused him of lying. I mean, but uh, he has at least the integrity. And I shouldn't say at least he's got the integrity to say what any lawyer, what any decent lawyer would say. I mean, all I'd have to do is point out the banks that were involved and the history of the loans. And a good lawyer would say, okay, if the banks couldn't get it, not just one bank, not just two banks, not just one transaction, not just two. They're going to keep getting screwed over and over again. That, that, that's not how they make money. And that's how they go to jail. And they don't like to go to jail. Let me, um, I hope I'm going to call Lee over the weekend and figure out a way to do this, if he wants, more formally or not. I told Lee Zeldin, you know, I have endorsed him. I have endorsed him pretty quietly, but I'll do it very, as much, much as he wants. I told him I'd endorse the other one, too, if it helped. I think Zeldin has to win. But let me uh, play for you uh, the endorsement from my very close friend and a, a man that I admire more than you know. And I, I will spend time explaining that during the course of my podcast. And, and I have at certain times and, and radio show. But this man was as much of or maybe more of a hero on 9-11 as I was. And um, that's Governor George Pataki, who was our last honest uh, governor. Oh, oh, cut 18. I'm sorry. Look around the city. Look around the state and say, my God, things are headed in the wrong direction. we got to try something new. And there's no question in my mind that the person who can bring that change is Lee Zeldin. Now, oh, may I make a correction? Last elected governor. I have tremendous respect for Governor Patterson. Uh, and this is not a result of our working at ABC together. I've had tremendous respect from the first day I met him. I've always enjoyed him, always liked him, and always found him to be a man that can see the other side of a situation. Like, believe it or not, uh, if I sit down with somebody reasonable, I can. And I've had wonderful conversations with him and thought it took amazing, 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 amazing courage uh, to, 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 um, to take apart the Democratic Party for going too far in their persecution of Trump. Because I... I, I uh, Governor Patterson realizes what old Democrats, which would include me way back when I was about 18 and 19, of what we believed, which is um, your support for the free speech rights of the people that you disagree with the most is an indication of whether you really accept America, whether you really accept the genius of America where free speech is if it isn't its most important principle, there's none more important. You'd have to say, and I always believe this, there's dispute about it with constitutional historians and lawyers, that the First Amendment has precedence over the others. I'm not sure I've ever seen definitive proof of that, but in some ways they are the seminal rights. And the reason people came here. So freedom of religion. Let me believe in God the way I want to believe in God. And King, don't take my head off because I'm a Catholic or a Presbyterian or a Methodist, which is what was going on in England. Or a Lutheran. Henry VIII, after he killed all the Catholics, started to go after the Protestants because he didn't consider himself a Protestant. He considered himself his own Catholic, but not Roman Catholic. In fact, if I'm correct, the Mass wasn't said in English until Elizabeth II. Uh, first, 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 first. Uh, Henry VIII, prob- probably most of, uh, uh, most of his biographers believe that he died thinking he was a, ca- a Catholic. 
in all but uh, the Pope. And it was Elizabeth, after, after the interim reign of Mary, right? Yeah. Um, it, was, it was Elizabeth who really was the first Protestant king of England and took it over to the Church of England, which if you watch their service, is about, you know, a quarter of an inch separated from the Roman Catholic Church. But then you get high Anglican and you get Episcopalian. You get to Episcopalian, or let's call it low Anglican. Now you're starting to get closer to, not as Roman Catholic, but still. Uh, and then you start to get into a Methodist, which is a little further away. Lutheran, a little closer to Roman Catholicism, the Methodist. And then you get to Presbyterian, which is further away. Sometime, if you ever want to go into a description of this, maybe I should go on with the Rev and the Rabbi and do comparative religion for them. I can do a chart of this. I used to teach it. Mm -hmm. The catechism. Students, high school. And the high school ones, we did this. The, the little ones I did in East New York. It was so wonderful. I loved that part of my life. And it was you know, just starting to get dangerous. And I was, but I was a tough guy, you know, but never afraid of anything. <laughs> you want to fight with me? <laughs> Lucky I never got killed. Nowadays, I'd get killed. But my father taught me how to box when I was about three or four. You know why? Because I was a Yankee fan a mile away from uh, Ebbetsfield. All of my cousins were Dodger fans. They wouldn't, they wouldn't protect me, my older cousins. So my father taught me how to protect me. He said, uh, which is what a father should do. My father, you're not going to give in to them. You learn how to throw a jab, babes. So you can take on three of them. Okay, we'll be right back with the mayor's final word. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, and they sponsor uh, my final thoughts of the day. And uh, Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers is the organization that takes care of our service members who are catastrophically injured and need homes that are specially designed to give them maximum independence and, and, and self-confidence and self-worth, and, and they do, and they deserve it. And you should contribute if you're a patriot or a decent person. And they also are there with that check, boom, right away. They're there with that check when a loved one dies in the line of duty. You can't imagine. I've been there at times when, when, when Frank does that, and, and I was there the time he did it the first time. Mm. This Sunday, the big run, right through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel following Stephen Silla's heroic run to the World Trade Center where he gave his life to save others, symbolic of many, many other heroes like him, but still, both individually and collectively, something that um, we, we got to never forget, we have to always remember, and try to emulate as best we can in our life. Could we go to Steve in New Jersey? Hey, Mr. Mayor. Yes, yeah, Steve. Real quick, I have some additional thoughts as to, see, we need to push, there needs to be pushback against Ms. James and her actions. So I have some additional thoughts. Uh, in terms of the ethical and the civil front, on the ethical side, now she, as you correctly mentioned, she's only uh, gone out going after him civilly. Yet she, it, in her rhetoric, she implies he committed a crime. Well, 
Under the, the rules of attorney ethics, if, if in, she's a prosecutor, then the interest of justice, she's supposed to see the interest of justice are served, and she's required to prosecute him. I, I, I agree with you. She doesn't have the evidence, which goes the other way then. Then she's misleading. She's violating the rules of professional conduct. It means she's supposed to show candor, all right, and she's not supposed to take a position on which she knows there is no rational basis. Now, you, as you ponder not, that, let me you're obviously a lawyer. You're obviously a lawyer, and you're quoting almost verbatim from the rules, right? I mean, I'm telling the people, you're telling us something very, very authoritative. Let me go to the civil side, ready? All right, I, I had a family member who worked in banking in New York 30 years ago. I don't know, I, I, he would be hitting the roof right now. What she is basically, she is disparaging those banks and defaming the character of, of every loan officer, attorney, and auditor who worked on those loans. That turned out to be good loans, all right? She's, again, it's worth looking into. Can she be sued for, for disparagement, defamation of character? I'll just throw that out there, Mr. Mayor, but there has to be pushback. She can, but the standard is, a, there is, uh, he, she can, uh, but, it, but if the standard is very, very high, you've got to get beyond gross negligence, almost into recklessness because uh, she has qualified immunity like everybody has but New York City policemen by the way and uh, you can still sue them like I was sued let's say I, don't, I think a thousand times as mayor but only like five times in my personal capacity and in my personal capacity they allege that I was reckless not just negligent or wrong and uh, we, we prevailed in those but, but I had to defend myself so, yes, she could be sued, and she was reckless. I mean, since you work for banks, you know how ridiculous it is that she brings a case in which no bank has ever complained. I don't think there's a complainer in this case. Usually a fraud case comes from a complainant. You know, somebody stole my money. Somebody told me that this was a great investment, and it wasn't. Someone had inside information and had me trading against it. Um... Uh, you know, I got someone to co-sign a loan, and that poor person is responsible for it, and I lied on the loan. But the, uh, but the bank uh, is the sole interested party here, not her. She's interested for political reasons, not legal. That's about the best explanation that you can get that proves that this woman is a very bad person. Well, we're going to be back tomorrow, but I want you to... Do what I always ask. I want you to get up tomorrow morning in your own way. Just say, thank God I'm in America, the greatest country on earth. And we're going to make America great again. We're going to make it even greater. Screw you, Biden. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.